Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Well, welcome everyone. It's, it's great to be here with you. And uh, it's such a privilege to be speaking this morning. Uh, my name is Josh. And uh, if we haven't met, you know, that's understandable given the circumstances. And I, I can't wait till we actually can be back together in church on Sunday and or in all the other things that we do as a church. Uh, but I honestly, it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to speak with you this morning, to be able to encourage you from God's word. And, uh, and wherever you are, Whatever, if you're driving along or in your home or surrounded by people or on your own, really believing that God is going to speak to us now, that he has something specific for each one of us, regardless of our circumstances or our situation. And, uh, and I just want to acknowledge right now that, that this is not normal church. This is probably not what you're used to. Uh, this isn't even really house church. This is video church, and that is certainly different. And we've done it in multiple ways in our house. We've had pancake church. Um, with the toddler, we've watched church over like three different, you know, time slots to try and catch bits and pieces, you know, because everything's just so disruptive at home. Um, and so I just want to give you the freedom now to go, this is obviously different. Um, but then at the same time, just to prepare your heart and to go, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm focused. I know that I, I generally have to put my phone away. I have to put distractions away so that I can really be focused on the presence of God and what he's speaking to me. So I, I just want to pray now. And, uh, and let's just pause and be still and uh, receive from the Lord. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here with us. And, and I just pray, come Holy Spirit on over every home, every individual, every heart and every mind. We pray right now that you will, you'll settle us, allow us to be able to sit in your presence and to be able to hear from you. And God, we thank you that you are here with us now. Thank you that, you're, that you love us, that you are speaking to us. And God, we just acknowledge right now that you are good, that your presence is here with us. We pray that you'll increase our awareness of your presence now. And, and as we read through your word, let us pray that you'll encourage us, that you'll, you'll help us to press on in following you and walking with you. And God, we also lift up anyone right now who, who's struggling, God, whether it's from this, uh, this crisis or something related to that or, or something totally different, God, we pray that you'll be so present in every situation. Increase our awareness of your presence in even the worst situations right now. We thank you that you love us, God. Amen. Now, if you've been following any of our church updates, you may have heard in the last week that uh, my dad, Graham, uh, is, uh, well, he's been getting into gardening. He, he, um, he grew up on a farm and after about almost 50 years of being away from the farm, he decided he'd finally get back into gardening. And, uh, and he was doing well. He had a great garden growing. It's, you know, at the back there. And, and he, he was having a great, great time doing this garden. My little boy Silas was out there helping him. And it was good until the other night on Monday night. And, and I got a call. I was at home and I got a call from Phoebe. And she said, we're racing up to the hospital. Because what had happened is that maybe about 6.30, which is getting pretty dark now, Dad was out watering the garden. And he's standing there. And next minute he noticed, which he didn't remember till the day after because he was concussed, that an owl flew straight at him and hit him in the side of the head, knocked him on the ground. And he said he hit the ground, looked over and saw this owl scrambling as well. Then the owl jumped up and came at him again. It attacked him. And uh, if you see the picture, he was, 
He's, yeah, he's quite bloody and messy all over his face. Then it knocked, it actually knocked him down, and there's a fair few steps. It knocked him down. He's got scrapes and cuts, and he knocked himself out. He hit the deck hard, and no one in the house heard. In fact, uh, mum and dad's neighbour heard and uh, came running to his rescue. And I was thinking about this, and obviously this has been quite an interesting time in our family. When I, when I we could, couldn't go into dad uh, in, in ER, but I called him and he said he just wanted more attention. So he's able to have a laugh about it, which is good. So it got me thinking that this year felt like it was going pretty well. And then almost like out of the blue, like an owl to the side of the head, this pandemic hit and just knocked us off our feet. And no one could have been prepared for that. No one could have known that that was going to happen. Yet just smack and here we are sprawled on the deck with our neighbour helping us up, hopefully. And so you can be quite easily forgiven for not being fully prepared. However, we can often get down about our, on ourselves for not being adequately prepared for this. And, and even in Australia, things, things slowly seem to be improving. However, this isn't the case around the world. And, and we know that there's, there's much we can't control about this. In fact, in life, there's a lot that we can't control. Dad couldn't have controlled an owl flying and hitting him in the side of the head. But there are some things we can control. And, and I find it interesting. Uh, I heard it said recently that the church has always thrived behind locked doors. And, and we have this interesting moment where we can't control everything that's happening. However, in moments like this, in moments where we get sort of locked inside or locked down, those are the times throughout history where the church has actually thrived, where people have had to engage in faith and in their relationship with Jesus in a new way, in a real way, in a way that we can't base just on going to a Sunday service, but I have to acknowledge, is, is God real on Sunday when I'm with people, but is God also real when it's just me in my room alone? And I believe that this time is a gift. Now, interestingly, Google searches for the word prayer have increased dramatically over the last few months. And and that happens in a crisis. But I I believe God's heart for each of us is for renewal, for the renewal of our minds, for our hearts, um, for our soul, for our body. And, And I think that this time, this is a time when we can pray that. We can pray, God, would you renew me? Would you renew my mind and heart and soul? Draw me closer to Jesus in this time so I can come through this closer to Jesus and not further away. So our current theme is we can know Jesus. And yes, you actually can know Jesus and you can know him in the quiet or chaos of your home. Uh, you can know him surrounded by people, but you can know him personally. And we've been looking uh, recently at uh, some parts in Philippians, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And, and I want to read you a bit of this and, uh, and continue on there. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to Philippians chapter 3. And we're reading from verses 10 to 17. And it says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained this or have, not that I've already obtained all this or have already attained my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus called me heavenward. 
All of, the, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. All right, quite long. There's a, there's a lot there. And I just want to go through a few things and draw out what I feel God is speaking to us about this. Paul begins by talking about knowing Christ. Now, when he says know Christ, there's a, there's a difference between the head knowledge of knowing someone, you can search about someone, you can find facts about someone, or that intimate personal relationship, like a child and a parent or a wife and a husband. In fact, even Justin Bieber not too long ago got frustrated that people just wanted to get his autograph or picture. They didn't really even want to know him. And so there's a big difference between knowing someone and knowing about them. And and as a Christian, we base our relationship with Christ on truly knowing him, not just knowing about him. We're not just stalking him. We want to know him. Now, a Christian was originally a derogatory term, and it meant little Christ. Now, that what was meant to be an insult is just the, the ultimate, like, it, it's, it's such a, um, a cool thing to have said about you. In fact, my, my, my son Silas, who's three, whenever someone says to me, he looks a lot like you, I think that is, that is the coolest thing. I love that. I'm like, oh, wow, because he's, you know, he's super cute and I've aged. So, um, but what we do acknowledge is that as a follower of Christ, as a little Christ, that I don't have all the answers, but I'm following the way. I'm becoming a bit more like Jesus every single day. And as you know Jesus, as you walk with him, you slowly become like him. Now, as your kids, if you have children, as they know you, they become like you for better or worse. And that isn't so great when they start to say some of the things that you have said that you didn't really want them to repeat. Okay. So, but that, that, that's the way things work. As we walk with Christ, we become like him. Now, I'm not sure if you've found this, but when people become Christians or start to follow Christ, sometimes they can get hit with this list of questions that it's almost like they instantly have to know. Like, how do you know God is real? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there pain and suffering in the world? Or could God microwave a burrito so hot that he himself could not eat it? And we often get hit with these questions that you suddenly have to have the answers to. And, and I love the fact that Paul, in this verse, he's saying, I want to know Christ. I want to know him so well. And then he pauses and says, but I haven't attained everything yet. I'm not fully there. I'm, the, I'm a little Christ. I'm, you know, I'm journeying towards, I'm on this journey. So Paul says his joy is not that he has attained perfection, but that he's running in the right direction. That he, he isn't yet perfect, but he's on the right path. Now, a bit of history for you. When Spain led the world in the 15th century, their coins were inscribed with ne plus ultra, which means nothing further. Because Spain believed they were the ultimate in the world. No one was greater than them. Except after the discovery of the new world, they changed their coins to plus ultra, meaning more beyond. Because they realized there was a lot more beyond Spain. And, and I believe our lives can be the same. We can either say nothing further, I've reached it, I'm perfect, or more beyond. I've hit this point, but there is so much more to go. Paul mentions in, in his verses here of this upward call. Now, life is a journey and we're all heading somewhere either unintentionally or intentionally. 
And, and in the midst of this journey of life, Jesus invites us to, to walk with him. Come and take a walk. Come and follow me. And over time of walking with Jesus, you'll notice that your walk changes, that you start to walk like him. Now, this is a slow process and we won't achieve perfection this side of eternity. But as you are with Jesus, you become like him. Uh, Leighton Ford said this, each of us is called to a life patterned by Christ, not a life shaped by inner compulsions or captive to outer expectations, but drawn by the inner voice of love. It's this slow work as God moves within each of us and shapes us to be more like him. So then Paul goes on, he says, but I press on. Now, he meant that he... He references Jesus in a sense here by saying, I take my hand to the plow and I refuse to look back. I'm working, I'm working in a direction. And he says, I forget what's behind. Now, have you ever tried to forget something intentionally? Like it's easy to forget things that you didn't want to forget. But when there's something that you really want to forget, that's hard. That's hard to do. And it's this that he references, this living in between Jesus' resurrection and the winding up of all things, living in between us following Jesus and being made perfect and like him. And he's, he's sort of saying, it's tricky. It's the messy middle, trying to forget what's behind and press on. But he says that his following is to the upward call of God or calling heavenward. So instead of setting our minds on the downward call, on the things that would pull us away, we set our minds on the upward call, the things that will draw us towards Christ. So essentially here, we take stock of where we are. We go, this is where I am. This is where I've got to. So Paul says in verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. So he's saying, I take stock. I acknowledge where I've got to because I know God I've walked with him. And even if you feel like you've been knocked down at the moment, you feel like things have paused, you feel a bit rattled by the situation, you're not back at square one. You've just hit hit a wall. And he's saying, take stock of where you are. This is where you've got to, but let's press on. Then Paul goes on and he says this. And this is there's some irony in this. He says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And and he acknowledges that, that true Christian maturity, as N.T. Wright says, true Christian maturity consists of knowing that you haven't quite arrived at full maturity yet. So being fully mature knows, is, is knowing that you are not yet fully mature. Now, now, children always want to be older and adults often want to be younger. In fact, the other day, Silas, who's three, he told us that he was nine, turning nine. And um, so uh, we happened to have a cupcake there. So we had a, you know, a little fake ninth birthday and he was so excited. He's like, I'm nine, you know, and, and there's something about children that they love being older or wanting to be older than they are. But Paul in his maturity, he says, I know that I'm mature because I know that I'm not yet fully mature, if that makes sense. So he's saying here to live up to what you've attained and not that we don't strive to be better, but it's saying that we don't think of ourselves as more than we really are, okay? Now, um, so, so I find this, this is a challenging one because it's us setting our mind on things that are above, but then being so humble and saying, but I have so far to go. It's like the further you go, the more you realize how far you have to go. 
but in a good way. The more you know Jesus, the more you want to know Jesus. There's so much more to know. And, and then Paul jumps into this bit right at the end of, of our section here. And he says, join together in following my example. And I've always found this really strange because I thought, how arrogant. I mean, maybe Paul can say that because he's Paul. But join together in following my example. I've always thought that is such an arrogant thing. You know, only Paul can say that, but I can't say that. Now, it did get me thinking, though, because a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday night, we, uh, we had date night at home and Ever and I had a, a cooking date. And this date, we, uh, we actually followed someone. We followed a chef named Ben Shrury from Melbourne. He's chef of an incredible restaurant there. But Hamish Blake, the comedian, and Ben live-streamed a date night cook-off. And they were each in their own homes. And they said, well, Hamish had said Thursday is his date night. So, so Ben essentially taught him how to cook. And then as Hamish learned how to cook, I watched that and followed them. So I followed them. And now this was quite interesting. It was meant to be a nice romantic evening. And we had to get everything prepared. We were making there was this fancy chocolate mousse and, and our flambéed prawn pasta. And it was great. So we had everything ready. However, as we started, uh, it was hectic. It was had to be, I think, Instagram Live cuts off after uh, before an hour. So it was it was rapid. And so Ever and I were racing around the kitchen and, and getting things and making a huge mess. And, and at one point I opened the fridge door and knocked out a whole big jar of homemade pesto that Ever had made, which just went everywhere, you know, oil and you know, it's, it was fantastic. So things were getting a little tense. It was meant to be romantic, but things are getting a bit tense. And and you know, there's food flying everywhere. And then we get to the flambéed prawn spaghetti. And we're cooking the prawns on the pan. And, uh, and then the next part is to flambe it. So you have to put some alcohol in and set it alight. Now, Eva looked at me and she's like, don't do it. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm following. I'm going to do this because I want to do this, re- this recipe proper. And without listening to her wise advice, I just lit the thing. And next minute, we had a flame that was massive and it was huge and and so we were desperate had a big pan lid trying to put it out and uh it was the wall that backs under silas's room so ever is just imagining everything going up in flames i'm thinking i've i've got this i'm in control um but it was it was big and a bit scary and so we got the flame out um ever wasn't exactly happy with me and and i went into the bathroom and i noticed that my eyelashes my eyebrows and all around my hair was singed (laughs) it was i thought it was hilarious uh it resulted in a rather large discussion or some people would say argument um so we had a fight and and it it ended out great ended up being good night but it's quite funny that that my direction was to be a better cook and my direction is, in, I enjoy cooking. Um, now, Hamish could say, follow me as I follow Ben. And, and I, was, I could say, follow me as I follow Hamish, who follows Ben. Now, am I yet at the stage of being a you know, Michelin-starred you know, chef in a restaurant? Certainly not. Not if I'm setting things a lot. But that is my direction. And so I can't claim to be a top chef, but I can claim to be someone who is following a top chef, that I know his direction. And next time I make that 
pasta I if I ever do. I probably won't make the same mistakes as I did before. So we can say imitate me, not because I'm perfect, but because I'm progressing. I am worthy of imitation or I am imitable. I am capable or worthy of being imitated, not because I am perfect, but because I'm following Christ. And that's what each one of us can say, whether you feel like you've hit the deck hard or you feel like you're tracking along well. We can be humble and say, you know what? I haven't reached perfection yet, but I'm following a perfect God who loves me. And because of that, you can actually follow me too. It feels a bit weird, but I feel like our proximity to Jesus should allow us to be people who can honestly say, follow me as I follow Christ. If my relationship with him is real, then every day I should be becoming a little more like him. Not perfect, not there yet, not fully attained, but a little bit more each day. So don't lose ground or don't feel like you've lost ground. Even, even if you feel like you're not gaining ground, I feel like God is saying to this, saying this, that as this crisis has gone on and people are tired, people are weary, some of you will have lost jobs and some are struggling with the pressures of you know, doing school at home or being surrounded by a million people. There's relational strains and things were going so well or so we romanticize the past and believe things were going so well. And whether you feel like you've been you know, hit like an owl to the side of the head, or you just feel like you're stumbling, or you just feel like you've paused. I want to encourage you to pick yourself up, to dust yourself off, to press on, to not lose ground. Don't lose heart because Jesus is here right beside you. He is the one helping you up. And as Paul encourages us in this, we press on towards the goal. We know that the goal, the ultimate goal is to know Jesus. God has given himself fully to us and our ultimate goal is to fully know him, to walk with him through pandemic or, or through life's great joys. So I want to pray with you and encourage you now as we pray just to find a spot and whether you've got a seat to sit in and just be settled where we invite the Holy Spirit to minister to us and ask him to speak to us, to settle our spirits but to encourage us and strengthen us that as we press on in our walk with him, whether we're in the confines of our home or going back to work or school, that he is with us, that he's walking with us and strengthening us. So instead of why don't we, uh, why don't you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you'll increase our awareness to your presence. We want to be more like you. Thank you that we have, that you have freely and fully given yourself to us. We pray that you will make us more like you, make us more like Jesus every single day. People who are on a journey, who are worthy to be imitated due to our proximity to you. We are yours, Jesus. Our hearts are yours. Our desires, everything we have is yours, God. And we just want to say that we love you. We thank you that you've invited us to walk with you. And God, whether we feel like we've hit the deck, whether we've stumbled, whether we've just hit a wall and are struggling just to press on. God, we thank you that you invite us again to come and walk with you, to follow you, to journey with you, knowing that your, your burden is light. And so, God, we pray now that as we walk with you, that you'll help us as we give us the grace to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and press on towards the goal of being with you. God, we don't think of ourselves as better than we are, but we acknowledge that we have made it this far with you and we are pressing on. So God, we pray for your blessing over every home now, over every single person. 
for those who are struggling at the moment or those who are feeling incredible peace and joy. Lord, we pray that we'll all experience that incredible peace and joy of knowing your presence, of being with you and knowing that you are here with us. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit. We, we pray again, increase our awareness to your presence. Let us know that you are here with us now and that you love us. We praise you, God. Amen.